Hallelujah. As we, um, I'm going to ask uh, ushers to just bring the table for us and set it up uh, in the middle here. Amen. Uh, can I get that quickly that I can just uh, get the table for us? Amen. So we can break uh, the Lord's bread. Amen. Hallelujah. How have your week been? Amen. We thank the Lord. Amen. I've had a pretty busy week, but I'm just thankful to the Lord that he has seen me through. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm just thankful that I'm, I'm able to come to the house of the Lord because the house of the Lord is like a well. Amen. Where you come to the house of the Lord, that's where you drink and we are rejuvenated. We are refreshed. Amen. Hallelujah. When we come to the house of the Lord, this is where, where kind of refreshment will come. Hallelujah. Where you are empowered again to face the world. Hallelujah. To face whatever storm is, is ahead of you. When you come to the house of the Lord, you are well given the arsenal to face whatever it is that you have to face. Amen. Hallelujah. I just want to take this opportunity to welcome uh, my lovely wife, hallelujah, and invite her to come and uh, administer Holy Communion for us this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 It is good to see all of you, to see that you have partaked of the Lord this day. Amen. That's very good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's an especially exciting time, the time of communion. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews 12, verse 24. Pastor Gabriel. Hebrews 12, verse 24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Hallelujah, the blood of Jesus that speaks better things than the blood of Abel, the blood that worked have our transgressions, where Abel's blood cried out for vengeance, where it cried out for justice, Jesus' blood cried out for forgiveness. It covers for, it, 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 it calls for the covering of sin. It calls for the renewal of our relationship with God. Hallelujah. So as we do this, let us remember the great sacrifice that Jesus made when he left his throne in heaven. He abdicated his throne voluntarily so that he may purchase our lives. He said, do this in remembrance of me, the sacrifice that he made, that he counted his flesh not of worth to him as it was ripped apart so that our sickness may be healed by his, it says by his stripes we are healed. He did not count the pain and he was afraid. He said, Lord, if you will take this cup of suffering, take this cup of suffering. He cried tears and he was sweating blood. But he said, let your will be done. The will of God to have us close to his heart, to have us close to him in covenant with him, in relationship with him. But it meant nothing to him that he would die, that he would suffer like a sinner so that our sins may be taken away. Hallelujah. We won't be taking up too much time. I just want us to pray for the communion and just to remember that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. It speaks for, our, uh, for us being made whole 
It doesn't say God give them what they deserve. Pay them according to what they have done. For our wages would be death. Because the wages of sin are death. And we have all fallen short of the glory of God. But he does not say pay them what they deserve. Give them. God, it doesn't cry for justice. Justice says by the sin, so the price shall be paid. But it cries out for us to be called into the kingdom of God. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That which we receive from God, the knowledge of Christ, we should also deliver unto those that are lost in the world so that they may come into knowing Christ, into sharing communion with Christ, into knowing the glory of God, the glory of God that restores us from the time where we were in the miry clay to where he lifted us and he put our feet on solid ground. It is the glory of the Lord to do that. It is not because we are wise, because we are smart, because we are pretty or handsome, but it is, it is the glory of God in himself and for himself that makes us whole. There's nothing that we add to God. Even if we're not there, God would still be God. But it is because he wants us. He covets and desires us. Amen. I'll call Pastor, Pastor Max and Pastor Vincent. And I'll read yet again 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28. For I, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this is the new covenant. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Hallelujah. to come up and take us to the song. Let's just put our hands towards the communion table. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we appreciate all the work that you've done at the cross, at the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning, Father, we plead the blood over the communion table that has been laid before us, and we declare that this is indeed the broken body of Christ. We proclaim, testify, signify that Jesus died for us. We bless the cup, we bless the bread, and say indeed this is the broken body of Jesus. And Father, we declare that as we eat of this body of Christ, we shall not taste death. Every sickness shall be healed today. Oppression shall be lifted off. Every heavy, every heavy, every heavy yokes on our shoulders shall be broken today. As we take this broken body, he was chastised for our peace. 
And Father, we say today, by his stripes we are healed. Let every sickness depart from our bodies, every virus, let it be destroyed from our blood. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for the remission of our sins today. Let every condemnation depart from our lives. All those things that cause us and hinder us from moving forward. Today, as we partake of this communion, Father, we declare, Lord, we are free. We are free. We are forgiven. We are delivered. We are set free in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you and we bless your name in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Such a blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm free. I am free. Praise the Lord. I'm free. I'm no longer bound. Hallelujah. Come on, celebrate Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. It is done. It is done. It is done. Amen. We thank the Lord. Hallelujah. For the ultimate sacrifice he paid uh, that all will be well with us. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say, it is well with my soul. Say, it is well with me. Oh, it is well with me. Hallelujah. Come on, declare it with conviction. 
It is well with me. Hallelujah. It is well. It is well. Hallelujah. We praise the Lord. I'm not the one preaching today. Hallelujah. But I believe we are going to be blessed uh, all the same this morning. Hallelujah. Help me welcome our preacher for today. Hallelujah. Mr. Tsikada, as he comes to minister. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's welcome him with excitement. Hallelujah. for Jesus. If you were clapping for Jesus, we should do much better than that. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he is worthy to be adored. He is worthy to be exalted. He is worthy to be given honor. He is worthy to be adored. He is worthy to be appreciated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. the Lord. I just want to appreciate the Lord for the lives of uh, the members of our praise and worship team. We appreciate you that uh, the work that you are doing in this holy assembly will not go unrewarded. You shall be rewarded. The Bible talks about the path of the righteous and it says the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter until noonday. Your lives will be brighter and brighter. You will shine. I said you will shine. You know, when you shine, nobody will ask, is he shining? Is she shining? They will see the shine on your face. And they will see the glory of God in your life. So shall it be in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to appreciate our pastors in the house this morning, Pastor Vito, Mama Vito. I want to appreciate uh, Pastor Deza and Pastor Mama Deza. And we appreciate you guys. We appreciate the work of God you are doing in our lives. We appreciate your prayers and you are loved in Jesus' mighty name. I want to appreciate my mother here sitting in front of me. Mama, I appreciate you. And I want to say thank you. I also want to appreciate my wife this morning. Hallelujah. My lovely wife this morning. I appreciate you. In Jesus' mighty name. And the fathers of the house. We appreciate you. The mothers of the house, you are appreciated. Bear with me as we look at the word of God today. I have an important message. Very important message. Praise the Lord. And I, I did not say powerful message. Unfortunately, it's not powerful. But let me remind you that it is an important message. Amen. Hallelujah. A lot is happening in our Mideast. You know, as we go about with the busyness of our lives, very busy. We wake up early in the morning, go to work, work, come back, the same thing. And a lot of things are happening around us. And if we are not a spiritual people, you know, things will just uh, fall upon us unawares. And we don't want that to happen, you know, with the children of God. The Bible says when Abraham was connected to God, 
And God had called Abraham and he said, I am going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But I have a friend. I cannot do this without telling my friend Abraham. Praise the Lord. So this is the same thing we are going to do this morning. That we don't want calamity to, do fo to fall, us, fall upon us while we are just going about the busyness of our day. Praise the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, believe it or not, children of God, men of God, women of God, we are going to be talking about the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know who in our midst have had the, uh, maybe that opportunity to search and research or uh, 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 look at the word of God uh, pertaining to the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this is the best sec uh, kept secret in our churches these days, in our lives these days. The second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, because he will come. He will surely come. Uh, let me just say before I start with this sermon that um, uh, yeah, he had been a teacher for some time. This is my seventh year being a teacher. Now, one of uh, 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 the days when I, I was just in Walmart and trying to buy a few groceries, and a little boy, who he, he was with his mother, and he turned around and he said, "Mom, mom, I, I see, I see that teacher from that teacher from from church." A and the the mom turned around and said, "Say hello, uh, uh, hello, my brother. Hello, sir. How are you? You know." And the Lord, after that, the Lord said, "You know, you are a teacher. You are a teacher." So I am a teacher. We have apostles, praise the Lord, and they established the church, the administration of the church. When rice fellowship is in trouble, we call the apostle. Pastor will call the apostle. We have the prophet. Right? This is the pointing finger, right? The prophet. And this is the guy who directs the church and says the Lord. That says the Lord. That says, you are a, a worshiper. You are in Asia. He's the one who is directing ministry. Praise the Lord. We have the evangelist. Right? Uh, we have the evangelist. This is the finger that is, is elongated. Is, is, is longer than the rest. So the evangelist is the one. Praise the Lord. He's the one who is uh, evangelizing. Propagating the word of God. Who do we have? The pastor. This is where we put the wedding ring. The guy who is married to the church, praise the Lord. And the one who is administering the needs of the people. You know, the concerns of the people, home groups, funerals. You know, he's keeping the fish, the sheep in the fold. And we have the last one, the teacher. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, teach men, young men and women who will also teach others. So we have the teachers, five-fold ministry. So I just wanted to say, I am a teacher, so I'll be teaching. Amen. On the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the second coming will fall upon us like a thief. This is what the Bible said. It will come like a thief in the night. It will come like a thief 
when we are least expecting it, and our Lord Jesus Christ will be upon us. So we are talking about the second coming, and we have to bear in mind that there was a first coming when our Lord Jesus Christ came as a baby. He was born in a manger. This is the story we, are, we, are, we know in the Bible. And he was born of a virgin, Mary, and he was born in Bethlehem, in the land of Judea. That we know. Praise the Lord. And that is the first coming. Christmas is around the corner. Amen. And we'll be celebrating the first coming. Let me say this morning, there is going to be a second coming. Baba Chuesh, you know, in his book, he says, Jesus' second coming is not a possibility. It's not a probability. But it is a certainty. He will certainly come. Jesus is coming. This we have to know as children of God. That when we wait upon the Lord, we are waiting on the premise that Jesus is coming. Praise the Lord. When we are going about our business, we have to know in the back of our minds that Jesus is coming. Amen. Jesus is coming. So it is not just a case of if he comes. It is about when he comes. Because he will come. Oh, may he come? It's he will come. That is settled. We have to be very sure about the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are we together so far? Yes. Praise the Lord. Jesus is king. We're going to read the Bible from the book of Matthew 24, verses 3, and we are going to verse 28. Verses 3 to verse 28. The reason why we are going to read all these verses is for us to be conscientized about this issue about Jesus' second coming. Because children of God, men of God, women of God, we can be in church and we can worship God. If we are not careful, we can be that team that is playing the game very well, the game of soccer very well, but they do not score. We can be that team that will be entertaining and entertaining and doing it very well, but will not score. We, I can be a deacon. I can be a teacher, an apostle who is going about the, the work of God. If we are not conscientized that this is all about the second coming, then we can be that team that is playing, playing, very, playing very well and not scoring. This is the price of every believer. That when Jesus Christ comes, he will take us with him to heaven. This is why we are here, guys. This is why we do what we do. And this is the prize. So we have to keep our eyes to the prize. Amen? Praise the Lord. Matthew 24, I'll start from verse 3. And it says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And when will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed. Can we also say, Take heed? 
take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Nine, then, would they would, then they would deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will uh, be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Praise the Lord. Who shall be saved? He who endures to the end shall be saved. Praise the Lord. We can go home and, and we can read the rest of the scripture, you know, and see what the Lord says. And let us remember who is saying these things. You know, if it was Paul who say he was being overzealous, or if it was Peter, one of the disciples, who say, you know, Peter was overzealous. But let us remember who is saying these things. The Bible is saying, and Jesus said. So who is saying these things? It is Jesus himself, the Lord of lords. It is Jesus himself, the one who died, like Mama was saying. He died on the cross. He died a sinful death. He died, you know, a death that we do not wish we die. Died for us, but he rose up on the third day, went to sit with the Father. At the right hand of the Father, that's where he is sitting. And he is interceding on our behalf, speaking to the Father in our defense. This is why we, when we come before God, God hears our prayers because of him. And now it is he who is telling us these things. The end time, praise the Lord. He is also the life, he is the truth, and he is the way. So he, if he is the truth, he is not capable of lying. He cannot lie. It is impossible for Jesus to lie. He cannot lie. So we can say it is impossible for him to lie. He cannot lie. So let us take heed. So he says there are going to be signs of the end times. And we have already seen the signs. We are experiencing the signs. The signs have started to manifest themselves in our midst. What is the church of God doing? Just keeping silent and we are not praying. We are not taking cognizance of these signs. And this is why as a fellowship, we have to arise. We have to, the Bible says, watch and pray. We have to watch. Now, if we are just praying, you know, with our eyes closed, this is just symbolic, though. When it is saying watch, it is not saying we have to be. We have to be vigilant. We have to be, uh, uh, you know, sober. We have to really know what is going on, like the sons of Issachar. And this is why the Bible says, watch. 
and then we what? And we pray. Amen. So, what are these signs? False messiahs. People that shall will rise up in our midst and say, I am the messiah. Not I am the pastor, but the messiah. In other words, they will be saying, I am Jesus himself. I am Jesus. I am the messiah. I have come to, 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 to save you. And it has already happened. We remember Jim Jones in Guyana, the guy who rose up and he had a big followership. Not just one or two people. You know, and he said, I'm the Messiah. I'm going to take you to heaven now. And people started killing themselves and he actually distributed poison, you know, to the congregation for people to kill themselves. And here in Texas, in Waco, you remember David Koresh? Amen. So it has already happened. You see, a thousand days is just like one day to the Lord. So these things, they can happen gradually and we never recognize them. Because they are happening maybe two years ago, now, two years from now. But according to the times of God, they are happening in one generation, in one dispensation. So we are saying, let, let us take cognizance of these things. Natural disasters. Did we see them? We saw them. Did we see how Katerina devastated Louisiana and New Orleans? You know, we, when we went to New Orleans, uh, the area we went through when Mami graduated did not really show the devastation. But if you go to the French quarters, then you will see what happened. You know, Hurricane Katarina, tsunami. We remember tsunami? Yes, those are the signs. And the earthquakes, like the earthquake in Haiti, those are the signs of the end times. Religious persecutions. Thank God we are worshipping in freedom. But it's not everyone who is worshipping in freedom. If you go to China, people are getting persecuted and thrown in prison. If you go to North Korea and Russia, people are being persecuted. What is happening in Africa in the land of Nigeria? The Boko Haram. People are getting killed. Get, girls being you know, captured and taken away. Hundreds of girls. Not just one girl. Who does that? It is the sign of end times. Now, when we look at these things and we are it's just, you know, moving around, doing what we do, I think as a church we should say, Lord, have mercy upon us. Praise the Lord. Protect us. That when these things happen as a church and as a people of God, as families, we are not affected. Because we are reminded of Goshen, Right? When, you know, there was famine, there was, you know, locusts, there was disease and water that was, you know, contaminated. And this, it, it, this was happening in the, in the land of, of Egypt. But the people of God that were in Goshen were protected. Amen. So these things can happen and the children of God will not suffer harm. You will not suffer harm. You will not suffer harm in Jesus' mighty name. Affliction and disease. Diseases like AIDS that have not found any cure in these days. Praise the Lord. Signs of end times. And then we also have tribulation. The Bible is talking about tribulation in Matthew 24, verse 26. It says, if the days of tribulation were not shortened, no one will survive. But for the sake of you and me, 
for the sake of the intellect and for, by, for the sake of the church, the days are shortened. So there are going to be days of tribulation. Praise the Lord. Great persecution. Thank God we are living in these days of freedom of choices, especially the freedom of religion. But days are coming when there would not be, not be any freedom of you saying Jesus. It's happening in our schools these days. When children go to school, those that are well taught and they want to pray and they want to evangelize and talk about Jesus, are they allowed to do so? No, they are not allowed to do so. It is signs of end time when the Lord is saying, church, wake up. Praise the Lord. Amen. Right, and we have Daniel 7, verse 7, and also Revelation 17, verse 12. These chapters, they make us to believe that the Antichrist will rise up in power and will rule the world with an iron hand. And that is the start of tribulations, you know, real tribulations. And they are also going to be in one world order where everyone submits to one government. The Antichrist will be the government. We have si seen signs of that in Zimbabwe. He know signs to tell us of the times to be, how things will be. Can you talk about Mugabe negatively or criticize him and live? No, you will not live. So this is, these are the prototypes, you know, of the one order government we are talking about when everybody... Because of the system, the financial system, the economy and commerce of the time, you have to have a chip either in your hand or your forehead. Without that chip, you cannot buy, you cannot sell, you cannot trade. And that will be a one government order. Praise the Lord. And those things are happening. Amen. So, we have heard about 666, and that is the number of the, the beast. The Lord said these things will happen. So they will happen. And this is why we have to talk about them now. So that when we happen, we'll say, oh, oh, okay, this is happening. And we know what to do when they happen. Amen. Praise the Lord. 666. So if you are a child of God and you say, no, it's better for me to die than to have a 666. Because once you have the 666, then you are done. That shall not be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. So in the midst of all these things, of uh, the, the because we were told that, you know, what will happen is that uh, the Christians will be raptured, and then after the Christians are raptured, then there is going to be the ones that are going to be uh, around will suffer persecutions. But if the Lord is saying, for the sake of the elect, the days are shortened. That means to say it is going to happen when we are still here before rapture. These things are going to precede rapture. This is why we have to be ready. We have to walk like children of God, those that are led by the spirit and not by, fl by flesh. Because, I mean, if you are not led by flesh, by the spirit, and then 666 say is saying that you have to have this number before you eat, and then if you are not able 
you know, to really say, Lord, if you don't save me, I am going to fast until there's deliverance and you live according to flesh, then we are surely going to perish. These are the times that we have to really organize ourselves as children of God and say, if I perish, I perish. Amen. Praise the Lord. Rapture. Thessalonians 4, verses 16 to 17. Can somebody go there? Thessalonians, the first part of Thessalonians. Uh, 4, 16 to 17. Praise the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. That the archangel will come down with a voice of triumph, with a shout. Praise the Lord. And when the trumpet shouts, then there is going to be rapture. And what is rapture? It is the taking up of children of God, of saints, of those that were walking in holiness, in purity, those that were, had their eyes, you know, on the prize, you know, waiting upon the Lord. Those are the ones that will be raptured, amen, and will be taken up, you know, one by one to the Lord and be with the Lord. So this is our encouragement. This is where we have our point of focus that, Lord, when you come, I want to be raptured. I don't want to remain behind and left behind. You know, this is what we are supposed to be thinking about. The Bible says, think about the things of heaven, the things above. And not most of the time we are thinking about the bread and butter issues, I'm afraid to say. So this is, this is the rapture. And the Bible says it will be sudden, as sudden as the twinkling of the eye. So if there is no time to say, okay, all right, I'm going to do this and I will repent. No problem, I will repent. Our God is a good God. He's so gracious and his, his love has no beginning, there's no end. He's a loving God. So I am going to do this and tomorrow I will repent. I am telling you this, there will be no time of repentance. We are living in grace, yes, but grace is going to be withdrawn this time. Amen. So let us be warned. And the disciples came to our Lord Jesus Christ and they said, Lord, where exactly are we going? Where will we be? And this is what the Lord said. He says, where the body is, there the eagles will gather together. There are some Bibles that say where the carcass is, but it's where the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. In other words, where I am is where I am coming. He says, I am going to my father. In my father, there are rooms, houses, mansions. And if it were not so, I would not have told you. We have to believe these things as children of God. He says, I will take you with you. Where the body of Christ is, where I am, there, where there, there, 
there's where the eagles are. Amen. Isaiah says, those that wait upon the Lord, they shall run and not faint, and they shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and they shall not, they shall not get tired. They shall mount up with wings like who? Like eagles. Who is going to be with the Lord? It's the eagles. The question is, are you an eagle? Uh, am I an eagle? Am I flying? Am I flying? Is the question. So it is the ego. It's the people that mount up high in their worship, in their praise, in their prayer life, in their fasting, mount up high in their standards of living with Christ and mount up high, set standards of purity and righteousness. Those are the egos. Those are the people that the Lord is looking for, that the Lord will take up during rapture. So if we are sleeping and we are just sleeping, and if we are just sleeping around, if we are doing what we do every day, go out, go in, come in every day, and not minding what the Bible is saying, what is the Lord, the Lord is speaking to us, we are not, we are not going to make it. Is what I'm trying to say. Amen. I am saying this for the sake of the church. For the sake of the saints. I don't want, I don't want our children to come and just worship with us and come. Worship it is Sunday. It becomes a custom, you know, of worship and, you know, a custom of coming to church because it is Sunday. A custom, you know, of doing what we do because it is a custom. This is where we are going. Praise the Lord. So this is the second coming. It is the physical return of our Lord Jesus Christ from heaven, and it starts with the rapture. I want to say this to the church. We talk about going to heaven. The Bible does not talk about going to heaven. The Bible says we are going to meet up with Jesus where? In the clouds. We remember when the Bible was talking about the disciples and, you know, the, the people that were around Jesus when he was going to heaven, and then they uh, uh, watched him as he ascended, and the Bible says you know, there was a cloud. He was taken up in a cloud. And the Bible, the angel of the Lord says, why are you amazed? Why are you astonished with this? The same manner he is taken up is the same manner he will come down. So he comes down in a cloud. And in a cloud, he is going to receive us. Praise the Lord. Just wanted us to understand that we are going to be received in a cloud. Hallelujah. And then there is the marriage, uh, the wedding feast of the Lamb. And those that have made it and are taken up, uh, there will be a feast that is called the wedding feast of the Lamb. Paul talks about our Lord Jesus Christ as the husband uh, of the church. So he is the husband. So the husband should be married to his wife. And who is the wife? The church is the wife. And who is the church? The church is you and me. We are the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we are taken up, taken up, there is going to be a marriage where we are going to know our Lord Jesus Christ one-on-one -on -one and say, this is the Lord we are talking about. Praise the Lord. It's going to be the honeymoon, you know, of uh, the Christians where we will know our Lord Jesus Christ is the Kali. Amen. Hallelujah. When we are going to feast with him, at the table. This is where we are supposed to say, look, Lord, help me to go. I want to be at the wedding feast of the Lamb because I want to shake Jesus' hand. I want to see his eyes, his, his face. I want to be in his presence physically. 
as children of God. The wedding feast of the Lamb. Ephesians 5 verses 23 to, 20 to 27. That's, that's where Paul talks about the, the, the Jesus as the bridegroom of the church. Amen. So while the believers are feasting and fasting and, and rejoicing and celebrating, what is happening here on earth, there is tribulation of the Antichrist. Tribulation will surely continue. I don't want to waste your time, but here is um, the second coming, the real second coming. When the feasting is done, Jesus is going to come down on earth, here on earth, and establish a kingdom where he is going to be the king. And this is why we say he is the king of kings. He is going to establish the king. And guess who is going to rule with him? It is you and I who are going to rule with him here on earth. Amen? And it will be a time of great, you know, abundance joy, abundance peace, abundance prosperity. Amen? Because Jesus himself will be the king. And this is the time of the millennium. A thousand years. Not just ten years, not just a hundred years, but a thousand years, you know, with Christ, ruling with Christ. So, there will be no sorrow, no weeping in the millennium. Human lives will be prolonged, like in the days of Methuselah, in the millennium. Nobody will fall sick. Jesus is around for us. You know, we don't have to pray. And in, in, in actual fact, you know, when he comes, He's going to turn us around, turn our bodies. These bodies that, that really beset us and with sin and with, with, you know, this flesh and this, this body. Amen. Rebellious body. He is going to, to turn it around and make it a terrestrial body, a heavenly body. We are going to be glorified. So now let us see this. There are still some people here. Right? The unbelievers, the backsliders, they are still being they are still here. And the believers that have made uh, made made through the times of, of they are still there, but they are not going to be changed. So we are going to have uh, two sets of people. Those that are still struggling with this flesh, you and me, who have a glorified body. How beautiful is that? Uh, I made you understand that the glorified body, it can just walk through walls. The things that we are praying for now, it, they will be just like, uh, you know, an arm's, uh, arm's length away. Grab and take it. You know, because Jesus will be our king, our provider, the prince of peace. Hallelujah. And Jesus will be the source of supply of all needs. The world will be filled with the knowledge of God. And the capital will be Jerusalem in Israel. Amen. I'm just hoping and praying that none of us will be left behind. All of us will make it. Amen. And then we have the great white throne judgment. Amen. The great white throne judgment. So this is judgment time where we know that when we have walked with the Lord and we belong to the Lord, are we going to be judged? Yes, we will be judged. 
but will be judged, not as those that are unbelievers will be judged. We'll be judged like children of God. The judgment is like this. It's like you have gone to your doctor, and he is diagnosing you, and he is saying, look, you should uh, exercise more. You know, this. you should improve more. Cut back on that pizza. Cut back on the wine. Cut and then they will be, assi- it is a general assessment. And this is what the pastor was saying. That will be revealed that, okay, my son, this is what I had for you. If you had just gone one mile, just a little bit further with your worship, a little bit further with your praise, this is what I had for you. But you so fell short of your you know, uh, your prayers. You fell short, and this is what I had for you. This is the mansion I had for you, and this is the appraiser that we are going to have before the Lord. But we are not going to be judged to condemnation. Unlike the ones that do not believe, he will say, I have I provided my son, you know, and uh, you did not accept my son. You already know where you are going. You already know. Praise the Lord. And they will go to hell. To, to hell. Amen. So books will be opened books of works, and then there is a book of life. The Bible says those who do not have their names in the book of life, they will not make it to heaven. So the standard of judgment is whether you have accepted God's offer of his son. Have you? Have I? Is the question. If I die today, where am I going? Am I going to see Jesus? And it is the judgment of the nations when they will all appear before God. The dead will rise from their graves to receive whatever each person has done while in this world. And this is the final separation of sinners from believers. I just want us to see how this is going to operate. They came to Jesus and they said, Brother one died, left his wife to brother two. Brother two died, left his wife to brother three. Brother three died, left his wife to brother four. So, in the day of judgment, in this day, who is going to be the owner of the wife? Our Lord Jesus Christ said, ah, ah, these ignorant people. There is no marriage in heaven. There's no wife. There's only one husband and one wife. The husband is our Lord Jesus Christ and the wife is the church. So in this day of judgment, the husband, if he's a sinner, or if the husband is is a believer, he will go to heaven. If the wife is a sinner, will go to, to hell. If the father, the mother, the parents, if they are sinners, they will go to heaven, to hell. If the, 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 the children, if they are believers, they will go to heaven. Praise the Lord. It's just as simple as that. So this is the final separation now of sinners and believers. The final separation forever. Amen. I want to, can I be honest? I want to see my Kitaba all the days of my life. <laughs> to be quite honest about it. <laughs> and not only that, guys. I want to see you for the rest of my life. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Let's all, let us all say, we'll make it. Amen. Let, we'll make it. Amen. We'll make it by the grace of God. Amen. We will make it. Praise the Lord. So this is the final separation. And my prayer is that we will not be separated. 
And he said, I say unto you, he who hears, who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Who, who is this person? Who hears? Amen. Who hears my word? And who does it? You know? And who is going to be the judge? Our Lord Jesus Christ will be the judge. So we will not have any lawyer. You know, because the one who is the mediator, the one who knows it all, he knows our, Bible says he perceives, you know, our thoughts from afar. He knows the attitude of our hearts. You know, he's the one who knows. When we rise up in the morning, he knows it. He knows what we ever we are doing during the course of the day. He knows it. When we come in, in the house, he knows it. He's the one who, who, who has numbered the, 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 the hairs on our head. The number of our days, they are numbered by him. He knows it all. When we rise up, he knows us. He sees us. And when we go to bed, he sees us. He watches over us when we sleep. And he's the one who wakes, wakes us up. So he knows us. So when he is sitting at that throne of judgment, you already know. Because he sees you. He knows you. So he knows you. Praise the Lord. So he will be the judge. So those who have accepted Jesus have their names written in the book of life. Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15. Let's talk about Abraham for a second as I finish this message. I want to talk about Abraham. That when God called Abraham, he said, go and, uh, 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 to a land that I will show you. And surely when he rose up and he went to this land and he got to this land. But the Bible also says, Abraham, he looked for a city with foundations whose maker and builder was God. Where did he see this city? God showed him this city. God showed him Jerusalem, the Jerusalem of the new order, the Jerusalem of the new heaven and earth. Praise the Lord. The city of God, the Jerusalem that is laid up with streets of God, buildings of God, the Jerusalem that the Lord Jesus Christ will make his capital city. That is the city that he showed Abraham. So that why? Because he did not want Abraham to settle. He did not want Abraham to settle and to be com uh, uh, complacent with the things of this world. Abraham had this, had this Jerusalem. He was constantly looking for Jerusalem. He did not make a, a building and build a house. I am not saying do not build houses, but I'm just saying that, yes, God gives us these things, but not for us, you know, to be complacent and just, you know, say we have arrived. So Abraham did not arrive. He did not arrive to an extended. I am supposing that he had told his, his, his nephew, uh, uh, Lord, that, you know, God has showed me this city. To the, when they reached Sodom and Gomorrah, and his nephew said, Uncle, now we have arrived to this city you were talking about. And uh, 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 Abraham looked at this city and he said, no, this is not the city that the Lord showed me. And Abraham, he, he looked for a city whose, uh, whose, uh, who, who, with foundations you know, that were built by God. Praise the Lord. 
So we have to have an imprint of this city, an imprint of heaven in our lives and say, I am not going to settle for the things of this world because my destination is heaven. My destination is the city of God, Jerusalem, and not Sodom, amen, and not Gomorrah, amen. You know, we could be busy laughing about Sodom and Gomorrah, but we don't understand that we have Sodom and Gomorrah right around us. Here in this dispensation, in our neighborhood, we have Sodom and Gomorrah. Believe you, I am telling you this, that when my wife went to Zimbabwe, and she said, ah, you know what, daddy, when I visited and I visited the avenues and I was traveling, it was getting late, and you know, the things I saw in the streets, they are so disheartening. Basically, uh, she saw women that were not were not clothed at all, women that were just trading their bodies in the street, things that were happening that are not supposed to happen. That is Sodom and Gomorrah. And we are just saying Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah. We are seeing Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible, and it's, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah is right here. Praise the Lord. So the church has to wake up. We have to wake up. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised its shame. He despised the shame of the cross. Why? Because there was a joy. And what is that joy? It is a joy of Jerusalem, the city of God. It is a joy of you and me having a time, a nice time, celebrating in the presence of him who died for us. That is the joy. He saw a utopia, a place called Jerusalem and uh, the city of God, called heaven, the new dispensation of you and me, not struggling, but having the life as it is supposed to be. He, he saw the life that we were supposed to, to live, the life of uh, the garden. Remember the garden. That's where God is taking us to, back to the Garden of Eden, where he had provided. Do you know, before he created me and you, he had provided already. He did not create us and say, ah, they are hungry, so let me, let me, let me, let me uh, plant some fruit. He planted the garden, the apples, the oranges, and, and, and the bananas, and everything, you know, uh, for us. First, and then he created us. So that's what our Lord Jesus saw. And he said, I am going to die for these people. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Question is, are you sure? Am I sure I can make it to heaven if Christ comes today or tomorrow? The Bible says he will come like a thief. No one knows the time except the Father. He also said, I don't, I don't even know. In church, it's not about the chronological sequence of events. This is what ha will happen when I come. It's about us preparing for Jesus to come because he will surely come. In any case, if I die today, the Bible says, if I die, my works die with me. Whatever I was doing will die with me. The only thing that is remaining is judgment for me. Amen. It is judgment. So that means if I die, I cannot repent. There's no repentance beyond the grave. 
Gott sei Dank, danke, ich danke dir. Und ich weiß ja nicht, ob es nicht ist. Und wenn ich es ist, it is a song. That, that should be a celebration. That should be a celebration because we are saying that our residence, our destination is not here. But we have a better destination. You know, a new Jerusalem. So we are supposed to be happy. So everything depends on what you do with Jesus when? Now. Today. What you do with Jesus today you determine everything. Children of God, I don't want to lie to you. But we come to church. We drink. We hear the word. Kids go back home. Yes, we pray. But let us make sure that whatever we are doing, even in the course of our ministrations, whatever we are doing during the day is leading us to where we are going. And that is to heaven. Amen? I just want us to give this opportunity to anyone who may say, I am not sure. Really, I, I, I don't know. If our Lord Jesus Christ were to come today, I still am not sure if I will make it there. You see, if you are on 161 that you call George Bush from this end, and I am going to bring him I am sure that I am sure, I am positive, I am confident that I'm going to bring him if I am on 161. So if somebody says, no, you, you are going to Fort Worth, I'll tell them you are lying. So now, with our walk with Christ, our walk with Christ, we have to be sure and sure and 100% sure that we are going to heaven. And this is my question. If we are not sure, this is the time make ourselves sure. We will pray. Our Lord Jesus Christ is still sitting at the right hand of God, talking to the Father, speaking in our defense. He's our mediator and he's our lawyer, our advocate. And he will sit, speak to the Father. And the Father will hear us and he will make it right. Can we all rise up as a church? Hallelujah. I want to just one praise and worship. Just, just a few of you to come, Mama, <coughs> to come, give us a song. Let us search in our hearts this morning. Let us search in our hearts this morning. If you want to rededicate our lives to our Lord Jesus Christ, this is the, uh, a good time for us to do that. And if we are not sure, if we are saying, Lord, 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 I am not sure, will you, are you going to take me? Are you not going to take me? If we have such questions, then, let us make it right before God. Hallelujah. Let us make, make it right before God. The Bible talks about conscience. You know that there is, a, there is a pure conscience. There is a conscience that is devoid of sin. You know, a conscience that is devoid of, uh, of uh, uh, condemnation. That is the conscience that is supposed to be, you know, uh, in, in, in our lives. But if there is a conscience... A, a, a conscience that is condemned, a conscience, you know, that is guilty, a guilty conscience. This will be a good time to say, oh Lord, I've got a guilty conscience. I've got something that is weighing down on me. Remove this burden. And the Lord will hear us. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us search our hearts. Let us ask the spirit of the living God to help us. To search our hearts and say, Lord, our good God, help us at this point in time. There is a king called King Agrippa. And King Agrippa was given an opportunity by Paul to accept our Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, you know, Paul, you almost convinced me. Yes, Paul almost convinced, you, convinced him, but he almost, it was an almost to heaven and not to heaven. So he uh, 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 relinquished this opportunity. We are not going to relinquish. We are not going to let this opportunity go this morning. We are not going to say, ah, they almost got me. We have to be sure that we are, we are going to make it. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Where is present worship this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want us, the spirit of the living God to help us this morning. I do feel that this is a time that we, we have to ask ourselves, Lord, Lord, uh, am, I, am I living a life that is pleasing before you? Lord, Lord, is my life pleasing before, before you? Go ahead, present worship. Consuming fire, burn deep within, overtake my and burning me once again, consuming fire, burn deep within, overtake my heart. Hallelujah. Excuse me. Let me have a sing that a song that everybody can sing. I'm sorry, my mom, but it looks like they don't um, understand the song. They don't know the song. I don't know the song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 